Hey everybody, welcome to episode 25 of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Steve. And I'm Sierra. And today we're going to be talking about two movies involving science experiments gone wrong. We're going to be looking at Reanimator from 1985 and The Fly from 1986. So, enjoy. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to twelve minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. But lately they're getting out of hand. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Reanimator was released in 1985. It was directed by Stuart Gordon and stars Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West, a scientist who's experimenting on reanimating life through a reagent that he created. Uh, it gets injected into the brainstem of a recently deceased human or cat. cat. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it brings them back to life, but they are not the same person they were. They normally react very violently. So... Uh, you get to see the various ways people come back and how they're affected or by cat. his reagent or cat. Yeah, this this movie was awesome. Going coming back because I haven't seen it in a couple of years. So like to be able to watch it again and just like have my full focus and attention on it was like, damn, this is a good movie. And like I did not know it was a HP Lovecraft film. Like one of based off of what I think it was one of his books or something. I think it was a, a short story, um, Hang on, let me check it. Yeah, well, he's going to fact check himself. Right on. The thing that I think is so interesting about this movie is, to me, it doesn't feel like um, it fits the 80s era of horror. It feels like a much older style of horror movie, although it does have, like, some of the, like, comical aspects of, like, an 80s horror movie. Uh, it definitely stands out in that time period for me. It feels more like uh, like a class, more of a classic than... The yeah. typical 80s horror movie. I there. definitely get that vibe. If I didn't know anything about this movie going in, I would probably guess it was older than 85. Yeah, if it um, was like in black and white, I would think that would fit in that era. Well, it was originally, uh, Stuart Gordon wanted to record it in black and white and use 16mm film to give it like a grainy, gritty, like... So he was going for an older yeah, feel. Yeah, like. he was golden, going for an older feel. Um, the name of the story that it's based on is Herbert West Reanimator. So, similar name. Um... The movie doesn't follow the story exactly. They originally were going to go for a very, like, faithful to the the source material type movie, but it ended up following, like, a Frankenstein parody type. Yeah, and that's really movie. what I got from it as well. Yeah, it very much has the Frankenstein vibes to it. I definitely uh, agree there. It, it felt like um, definitely like a throwback to, like, your typical 50s sci-fi mad doctor, like, horror mm-hmm. movies. Like, I got, like, the vibe, uh, this one movie that came out in the 50s, The Brain That Wouldn't Die, like, it just had that kind of vibe to it, and, like, it was just so, it, the way it snuck in some of the comedy, it was done 
in a clever way. Like, it um, wasn't too obvious. <laughs> the dialogue is everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, my favorite character has definitely got to be uh, Herbert West. Yeah, see, I really like him, doubt. too. And there were parts where Ciro was like, I can't stand him. But I it's like, can't. I think that was the point. At Sometimes they wanted to make him, like unbearable but like, some of his dialogue like the fucking line and uh cavity colors put out a patch recently and i want to get it so fucking bad but it's uh cat dead details later when he's like oh I, what am i gonna do leave a note what's he gonna say cat dead details later I yeah <laughs> smothered in the what the jar and the yeah. garbage can i was like well good one i think uh herbert west the thing that that gets me with him is how calmly he reacts to the to the um the hum- them coming back to life mm-hmm. and they're like violent they're like thrashing kill trying to kill people and he's just very calm cool and collected with how he handles it he just picks up a bone saw and he's like i got it like yeah, no big <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's not it's, it's, this is just like another day well the dean's getting like bashed against the wall and he's just like step aside i got it and just like walks in his, like... <laughs> did you guys notice that the dean was the only one who didn't come back extremely violent he kind of came back very scared yeah. Yeah, he was kind of like, he definitely had that confused look in his face, too. Yeah. Which also, it, that was really like a throwback to me to like uh, Frankenstein mm-hmm, when, when the monster first comes back and he's very like terrified of everything. And like, he even does the like crouch in a corner kind of like hiding yeah. from everybody type thing. You but. can definitely see the inspiration in, uh, from other from other films in this movie for sure with stuff like that. I just think it's interesting that it was only one um, one of the the people they brought back had reacted in that way. Everybody else was very violent. I think it was all out of confusion, honestly, because they it was like instant. They woke up and that was what it went to. The first guy that come, they bring back that huge dude. Mm-hmm. He intimidated me. <laughs> he was he was scary looking. I actually read online that he was a stunt double for Arnold Schwarzenegger in like sixteen of his movies, including The Terminator. <laughs> Damn. So I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he was swole. <laughs> yeah, but. No, I like the movie, and I think the characters are really what makes the movie interesting. Like, Herbert West, we've talked about a lot. Um, the main guy. Dan Kane? Dr. Kane? It's Dan Kane, yeah. I'm trying to... Yeah, Dan Kane. I was, for some reason, I was thinking that was the actor's name. But yeah, um... Because it sounds like a real name. Yeah, the main character, Dan Kane, like, he's such an interesting character because he's very interested in what Herbert West is doing, but at the same time, totally he's kind of like, it. stay the hell away from me, like, you're insane. You know... I feel like, you know what it is? It's his, like, kind of like a motive. Because it opens up with, like, him trying to save a life and failing. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends with him trying to save a life and failing. Yeah. So I think, like, the whole time he just wanted to find, like, an answer to try to, like, beat death. And, you know, Herbert West kind of thought, well, what it imagined to, uh... He kind of thought that he, he was able to do it with the serum that he made or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting the way the film opened up because it gives you right from the start a look at Herbert West's character and Dan Kane's character because Herbert West in the opening scene, he's like experimenting on this patient and their head explodes because of whatever he's doing to them and that and he's like, Oh no, I just have to finish, I just have to finish and that really gives like a good look at his characterization of like he doesn't really care about the subject. There's no moral there. He, it's, yeah, there's, he, it's his project. Exactly. Like, he just wants a result. And then yeah. you have Dan Kane's character who, like you said, Stephen, like, it opens... He's trying so hard to save a life to the point where, like, he's not going to give up. He just keeps 
trying well, that to comes into to the point where uh, the dean dies and he's like, oh, well, we didn't do it. We didn't kill him. And the guy's like, we need to get the police here. You know, Dan Kane's like, we need to, yeah. to call the police. We need... And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I love when Dan Dan Kane's like wrapped up, or he's like on the ground, and Herbert West puts the blanket over him, and he's like, you're in shock, it's okay, and he like pulls out the tape recorder. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He's he's all about getting those results, he don't care. But he really is like a psychopath, Mm -hmm. Herbert West. I mean, to the point where when um, Dr. Hill is like, oh, I'm going to take this... uh, all these findings and I'm going to make so much money off of it. Herbert West straight up like decapitates him with a shovel. Yeah. And it was like just another day at the office for him. Yeah. Like it, he had no reaction really to it. It was just simple snap kill. I I was all for that kill. I don't think, I don't think there's anything real wrong with him. I just think he's really ambitious. And I think the point too that to where he shows no remorse is immediately after doing it, he injects the reagent into the head and he's like, oh, I've never tried it on multiple body parts. Like, even that was part of his experimentation. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask, like, what was up um, with uh, Dr. Hill's, like, mind control tricks? Okay, so there was originally a subplot in the movie that went into more detail that Dr. Hill was able to control people's minds. But they cut the subplot, supposedly... But I guess it's still there because he's able to control, like, his body, um, all the other... What they had said is that he was giving lobotomies to control them. Yeah, but, like, how would he control them through a lobotomy? Like, there has to be some sort of, like, mind control there to where he can think something and they know to do it. Because he didn't say, like, kill them all. Like, everybody just knew to kill them. Nobody went after Dr. Hill. They didn't go after each other. Well, I mean, he's kind of harmless. Like, he's a head with no body or, like, a... Yeah, I guess a head with no body, a body with no head. Either way, like... I wouldn't say harmless. He's got some... I was gonna say, he's going to say... Uh, oh, yeah, he's a total <laughs> a creep. Total dirtbag. And the thing that was weird is it's not like... He can't even be like, oh, well, I wasn't like this until the reagent. No, man. You were eyeing that student from day one, you dirtbag pervert. Hey, man, it is Barbara Crampton we're talking about here. <laughs> Steven's like, I was eyeing her, too. Yeah, but Steven... I'm in love with her. It's less weird because she's older than you. It was creepy because she was super young to him. Yeah, it's true. Like, I thought about that, too, and I was like, yo, this guy's, like, at least 30 years older than you. Oh, he's an older... I mean, it's creepy in the sense that it was rapey, though. Yeah, definitely. It's that scene where Dr. Hill is having dinner with, um... What's the character's name, the woman's name? Um... Megan. Megan? I'm yeah, sure it was Megan. Um, her he was having dinner with her father, and she was there with them. And he's like, he's like toasting her amazing beauty, and like, it's like, if I was her dad, I would have smacked that fucker. You know, <laughs> they'd be like, don't talk about my daughter like that, you dirty old man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to him, I feel like awkward. it's probably like harmless, like. Like no. how I could picture like old dads being like, "Where's the nice daughter?" Like, that kind of thing. No, the way he said it was totally like, hey, your daughter's got a nice ass. I want to touch it. That's how it was. It was weird. No, nah, his eyes said it. His yeah, eyes said it. it wasn't like, oh, your daughter's just grew up to be very pretty. No, it was like, your daughter's a babe, a fox. Uh, a fox? Yeah. A fox. He's a creepy. He'd say something like that. You're creepy. You say things like that. <laughs> 
but oh, uh, he was good. Um, the actor who played Doctor Hill, his uh, another thing I read when looking into the movie. Shortly after this movie was released, his wife left him, and the actors in like a commentary or like a documentary about the film or something along those lines, they actually said that they believe that it could have been from his character being like rapey towards Megan in the movie. Damn. Which, that's pretty sucky. I feel like his acting was either really good or he was just a creep in real life. (laughs) Those are the only (laughs) options, so maybe there's a reason his wife left him. Yeah. He might have been creepy. All in all, it was a good movie. Um, The special effects is something I want to bring up for both of the films, but... uh, Let's focus on this one. For this film, very well done. Um, It's really cool how how they made the reagent the, with um, glow sticks. Yeah, they made the reagent with glow sticks and glow stick liquid, so it actually did glow like that, and I thought it was interesting because it really puts a focus on the uh, the syringe or the bottle whenever it's in the shot. Like, that's what you're focusing on because it just pops out on the screen. Mm-hmm. As far as special effects, I thought they were awesome, uh, specifically the end scene with all of the zombies, I guess, the Dead things. Dead things, uh, like, attacking. Just some of the detail, like, the guy who had his head all messed up. I mean, these are bodies that have either, A, been operated on, or, B, died in some way to where they were donated to this medical hospital for... Medical school, yeah. Yeah, medical school. So, I think they did a good job on giving a different variety of... Deaths? Deaths, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They died in cool ways. Thanks, Reanimator. Thanks. Definitely. Uh, I... This movie, as far as special feature, uh, special effects go, really solid. Uh, it was gory in the most like random parts. You know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of just happened. You didn't expect it. Like at least when I like rewatched it, I was like, I didn't realize how gory this movie is. Yeah. And uh, just some awesome kills. And one thing I uh, I love the fact that uh, Dan and Herbert are like they're polar opposites, but in some way. Their purposes for, like, science, like, connect. And then just to see them kind of work together through all this crazy shit going on, this is kind of interesting to see. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, they kind of had each other's backs. And, like, at the end, like, Dan gets uh, Herbert's notes, which I don't know what he's being attacked by. I want to say it's, like, a spinal column or some shit. Like, what is – I don't know. I got a little confused I, there. I, I thought it was, like, giant intestines or something. Yeah, it was know. intestines. I was like, well, maybe it has to do with something with the brain. So it's, like, you know – and, like, the spinal column's, like, kind of connected to that. Yeah. So, I don't know. That, that, that scene was weird, but at the end, he was, like, save the notes. And then he ends up using the serum. <laughs> and I like that, how the movie fades out, where you just see, like, the glow. Yeah. And then you hear the, the scream. Yeah. yeah. It, that was, it was pretty cool. It was a cool ending, and it was nice, too, because it was... It did, at the same time, it gave that, like... Sierra compared it to Pet Cemetery to where... They didn't learn their lesson and just did the same thing again. Yeah, it did. Not the movie itself didn't remind me, but the the plot line reminded me a lot of Pet Cemetery. It's like you keep doing the same same thing over and over again, and you tried to work it out in your head that oh, it, they weren't fresh enough. They've been dead too long. Mm-hmm. It's going to be better if they they've died more recently. And that like that came up a lot in the movie. He kept bringing it up. Oh well, this is the freshest corpse we've had. Mm-hmm. This so so it'll work better with them, and it never does. It, it always there's something wrong. The only one where I would even say it was remotely successful was with the dean, because he had conscious thought of some sort. You mean Doctor Hill? No, the no Doctor Hill was in psychopath. That's the only reason he came back. The dean 
was able to recognize his daughter, stop what he was doing, and help him. That's true. So that's why I'm saying he's the only one that I felt had real conscious thought. The dean was a creep. He doesn't count for Jack, or not the dean, Dr. Hill was a creep. He doesn't count for anything. Well, he has to count for something, because I've always wondered what it was that made him able to, like, speak and basically think Not thought-out writing. <laughs> Maybe. I wonder if it's, like, the direct, like, shot to the brain. Maybe, like, pumping, it didn't well, pump through the rest of the body. You also have to so think, it... as well, that the serum went into his brain and into his body separately. So he got two doses of it That's in true. different spots. So maybe that had something to do with it as well. Maybe. But Theory. honestly, I just think it was something that they were like, well, we have to have a bad guy. <laughs> so this is how we're going to have a bad guy. I don't think it was something that was thoroughly thought through. And you would think that uh, Herbert West was going to be, like, the bad guy at first. Just the way he's introduced and shit. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, Dr. Hill ends up being the biggest scum in the film. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in a way, West, Herbert West was mentally just out there. He wasn't right. But he did always try and help when they were getting attacked. I mean, he caused the issues to happen. But he did always try to help not... He didn't want necessarily want people to die. Yeah. Um, I, th- I don't think he... he it hurt him when people died. I don't think it bothered him that much, but he that wasn't his. It, he wasn't caring if people lived or died. He was caring about the outcome of his experiments. So that that's, that was his main priority. Mm-hmm. Which makes me kind of sad that they just left him there at the end. Like I would have went back for my boy. No, not me. I'd get my <laughs> girlfriend and go, and then let her die <laughs> in the elevator. I, he yeah, but he was well armed with that. He was well armed with that axe. I'd be like, yo, Megan. Get in this elevator, go downstairs, you be solid. And then she gets in the elevator, and I go back, hack some shit up with the axe, save my boy Herbert West, bring him downstairs, we'd be good. Dylan, I True. could not see he you He definitely could have done that. I mean, he did live. They made two sequels, but... Curious to how he Yeah, did. I've yet to watch those. I Dude, now. I haven't watched them, and like... A lot of people said they're good. Yeah, I don't know why... I've heard that Bride of Reanimator's good. I haven't heard anything at all about Beyond Reanimator, but that came out more that came out in 2001 so it came out a lot longer after but they still have herbert west they still have jeffrey combs it's the same guy it's the same cool yeah it's jeffrey combs as herbert west in it and uh but i don't know what it is because i love this film so much and i have since the first time i watched it but i haven't ever been like oh i'm gonna watch bride of reanimator i'm gonna watch beyond reanimator it's hard to get into the sequels because there's a, a good chance of it not being excellent. Yeah. I've <laughs> heard good things about Bride, down, though. So. so I think it's something where you kind of have to take your time to get around to it, just in case. <laughs> Enjoy the first one five times before you watch the sequel. <laughs> there you go. That's the yeah, rule. at this point, though, I, I kind of have to see the sequels now. Yeah, I'm, I'm to that point where I, I kind of might check them out. In Maybe some we'll of my do spare a sequel time. episode. I'd be down for a sequel episode. Sure. Favorite part of this movie is... When Dr. Hill, they're like, oh, well, you don't have a plan now. And he's like, oh, but I do. And then all of the body bags just, like, fly up and, like, open up. I love that part because first time watching it, wasn't expecting it. Second time watching it, which was uh, when we just watched mm-hmm. it for the, the episode, I it's been so long since I watched this movie that, again, I forgot it happened. And it happened again. And it, it all came back to the first time I watched it. And I was like, fuck, I love that part. <laughs> My favorite part was when Herbert West beheaded the pervert. 
that was enjoyable just watching him pop that head off like a daisy with a freaking shovel. That you know that crazy. that was his plan too because he could have just like killed him by hitting him over the head, but he straight like decapitated. He wanted him. he wanted to to make sure the brain was okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it sounded like his neck almost broke when he like hit him with a shovel. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, have brought that piece of shit back to life. I would have been like, not you, you're not worth my um, reagent. Yeah, but he didn't care who it was. He just yeah, wanted I know, to experiment to see if it worked. I wouldn't have experimented on that fucking asshole. <laughs> nope. I gotta say, as far as favorite scenes, just any moment where uh, Herbert's just acting weird. He's always acting weird. <laughs> the whole movie was perfect, because Herbert's a weirdo. He just fucking was so out there, and I just loved it. Like, He's Dylan, you cool mentioned guy. like his delivery of lines and shit. It was... Just so funny. He, yeah, he's, he's a really cool character. Like uh, he, he played weird. crazy in a way that I haven't seen crazy yet. Yeah, it was very like sociopathic, like cool, calm, and collected crazy. Like he was insane, but not over the top insane. Like he wasn't mad scientist, evil laugh. Like, no, he was the he was that kid in high school that you kind of looked at and you're like, oh, I don't know about you, friend. I don't know about you. <laughs> That was Herbert West. I could see it. All in all, yeah. It, I enjoy it, even going back to it again. No, I really like this movie. I think it it's a blast to watch. It's very fun. Not over-the-top scary or anything like that. A little bit of gore. But um, all in all, I think, I think it's a movie that most people would at least get uh, a laugh out of, if not enjoy it for everything. I'm kind of curious to how the ratings went for this movie as far as... Uh the MPAA rating because I haven't been able to find an actual rating and like everywhere I look it says unrated and we were watching like promos for it like trailers for it and it even says like the movie that's too terrifying to even have a rating it has a and when it came up it's like a red right I don't even know if red band trailers were a thing there but it was it was red, yeah. It was but, a red band. It looked like a red band trailer, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it seems yeah. like the movie is so terrifying that it doesn't even have a rating. And I was kind <laughs> of curious about that, because... I mean, I feel like it touched on some dark shit. And I think that might have been the issue, because, like, there's there's nudity, there's a lot of violence, a lot of blood and gore, and there's also, like, the touch on, like, the creepy, rapey shit. Yeah. So I think that this movie just kind of it, had, it was like a like a really really dark horror comedy mix. It was weird. Definitely unique film. Yeah, unique is an excellent word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I see what you're saying, and it's you know you have a good movie when you have something that dark, but it does have like a fun like you have fun watching it. I have to give a shout out to the person who told us to watch this, and I don't know if you remember who it was, Dan Torelli. Thank you for telling us to watch this. Was it Dan Torelli? It was Dan Torelli who told me to watch this. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Shout out to you. Gave me reason to like watch it and like really appreciate how good of a movie this movie is. Because the first time around, I was like, "Oh, this was okay," but like the second time, like I was like, "Man, this is a really fucking good movie." Overall, like delivery, everything from start to finish, mm-hmm. solid movie. It was really fun, and I wouldn't say it's like it's not like the the best scary scare scare wise. It's not like terrifying to watch. Like you could get through it, um, but it is just it's just fun to watch. It's a blast. I agree completely. <coughs> I could see why it has such a big following now. I think yeah, I think it's a, it's very much like a cult type following. Should we get into ratings, guys? Yeah, let's do it. Right. I'll go first. All right. All right. So uh, we stated all the reasons why we enjoyed this movie. It was fun to watch. Uh, I have a blast every time I watch it. Going back, 
it was fun to it was fun to go back and watch it because I like I said I haven't watched it in a while. So there's a lot of parts that I loved watching the first time that popped out again that I was like There it is. This is why I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um the chemistry between Jeffrey Combs and Bruce Abbott who played Dan Kane was amazing. Like I feel like they had such a great chemistry to what you touched on before Steven how they were such different characters but they did have that connection in the end. Yeah. Um as far as like the sequencing uh Sequencing of scenes, like I said, uh, how it starts showing Herbert West and his character right off the bat and Dan Kane and his character right off the bat. I love that. And uh, the pacing in general was just really great. Um, as far as an overall rating, I'd probably give it an 8.1. Ooh, that's high. It's a nice rating, Dylan. Thanks. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, I had a blast watching it. It was really fun. Um, there was definitely lots of weirdness through this movie in a good way and in some like creepy ways. But um, all in all, it was it was just a really cool movie, a unique idea, kind of a similar idea with unique attributes, I guess. There you go. Um, I think uh, Herbert West is one of the most interesting characters in a horror film that to to date. Uh, lots of development with him, and and I think that was important for this movie. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.3. Okay. All right. Uh, as far as ratings go, I have to go with a solid 8 on this one. From start to finish, it was a great movie overall. Uh, it slipped in that comedy in like a very very interesting way. It just wasn't that obvious to me. And, uh, yeah, Herbert West, definitely one of the most unique characters in horror, for sure. And... Uh, you know, when it was time to get gory, it definitely delivered. The special effects were uh, awesome. And, yeah, solid 8 for me on this one. So that gives us an average rating of a 7.8. I think that's very fair. Very fair. Uh, right on. Did we get ratings from our Instagram followers? We did. So the Instagram average rating was an 8.3. Nice. Yeah. So pretty close to ours. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Again, that's how you know you can trust us. <laughs> there is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. Alright, so the next movie we're going to talk about is The Fly. It was a remake of the film from 1958, I want to say. Um, It came out in 1986, and it starred Jeff Goldblum and... Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Uh, It follows a scientist named Seth who is working on a device for teleportation. Uh, He starts seeing a reporter, played by Gina Davis, who wants to kind of report and record his progress on the experiment. But they fall in love. (laughs) They fall in love, um, and he starts becoming obsessed with using this teleportation device to the point where he tries it on himself, but while doing so, there is a fly in one of the chambers. They teleport together and fuse together, and he starts slowly becoming this fly creature to the point where he drives away Gina Davis, his personality changes completely, and he starts 
towards the end of the movie becoming obsessed with finding a reversal to where the midpoint of the movie he was kind of accepting it and like documenting what was happening the brundle fly yeah what was happening um, oh and you forgot to mention gina davis turns up pregnant yes and she's terrified I totally of forgot that happened. There was a whole subplot of abortion, and I feel like that was a very, like... Touchy subject for the 80s. Not even a touchy, a touchy subject now, even, but I mean, I just feel like it was a very bold thing to go into for a movie, to where, like, she was actively, actively like, I want a divorce... I uh, divorce... I want an abortion. I want this thing out of me now. And I can't I was like, keep this in me. Yeah, and I, I love the dream that she had where she went into labor and she gave birth to, like, a fucking <laughs> maggot. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I can't Sierra, for years now, has told me about how disgusting this movie is. I've never watched it until this point. Um, Did it live up? Yeah. It lived up, and... I, the only thing she has gone on about how disgusting it is. I've seen clips from the movie. I've seen pictures he didn't from the believe movie. Me. <laughs> so we were watching it, and like the second it started, the only thing that she said was, "Oh yeah, Gina Davis has a dream about a maggot baby." And I was like, "What the fuck am I about to watch?" <laughs> but uh, no, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think for this movie, the standout thing for it, absolutely 100% special effects. Yeah, the makeup in it was phenomenal. The brundlefly was disgusting and creepy and blah and awesome. Okay, I want to get into the special effects, but first I want to like work my way up to it. Um, the first thing I want to bring up, and it literally had me fucking triggered the whole time we're watching this movie. Where did Jeff Goldblum get a baboon? <laughs> Good, good question. Two baboons. Two baboons. Because yep. one of them turned inside out, and then suddenly he has another baboon. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, did I miss this part? Like, did I miss... Did they explain where the fucking baboon came from? And I Googled it, and nothing came up. And I'm like, did I just ask a question that has never been asked? Or was I just not paying attention, and they explained it. So, anybody listening, if you know the answer, where did Jeff Goldblum's character get two baboons... Please, slide into our DMs. Let me know. I may have an answer for you, Dylan. <laughs> what? He was working with different companies to build these machines and test them. You think like Yeah, but how do you just get a baboon at your what house? What I'm saying is that these co- these are, are big companies. Maybe they gave they him... They probably gave him test subjects. Why a baboon, though? And this baboon ran right up to him what and, like, hugged him and shit. What did they... Yeah, I know. It was that so baboon... Cute. Every time that baboon <laughs> came out, it was so cute. He always jumped up on him and hugged him on his hip like a little baby. It was so cute. Yeah, I felt, I felt the strong connection there. It was so sweet. It was way cuter than the love story between Jeff Goldblum and D- Dina J... Dina J... Still a better love story than Twilight. Jeff and the baboon. But, um... No, uh... That that really had me triggered. So, like I said, if anybody, I, I've had this on my mind since we watched this movie. Please, please let me sleep at night. Give me an answer. Moving on. <laughs> um, interesting thing with the baboon. There was a deleted scene that actually wasn't released until like years and years and years later. It involved the baboon, and it shows Jeff Goldblum fusing the baboon with a cat and then beating the cat to death the cat baboon to death so they showed like pre-screenings of the movie and i guess that got a lot of like really negative reactions to it and 
people were saying that it kind of makes you lose all sympathy at that point for Seth's character because at that point you're like this guy's a fucking monster I don't really care what happens after that so they cut the scene I believe you can find it now online we should watch it I will watch it after we record Okay. Yeah, now I can now that you brought it up, like I'm like, oh shit. That's pretty <laughs> wild. <laughs> yeah, but uh I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Um the casting of Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis, I thought was also very interesting cuz I know Jeff Goldblum from like Earth Girls Are Easy. Earth Girls Are Easy, Jurassic Park, but like he always plays that like cocky, quirky character. Mm. And Earth Girls Are Easy, he's a he's like a a dumb alien. I, I don't know. I couldn't see him as... But I mean, like, as far as a serious role. I feel like he's always, like, a doctor. I guess. Like, a scientist. I think it was a role for him. I think it was the he, right Yeah, role. he played it very well, absolutely. But there was a lot of, like... Uh, Gina Davis is way too pretty for him, though. Like, <laughs> like she is so out of his league. It's not they were funny. actually dating at the time of the movie being made. And that's why she's in the movie. Because after Jeff Goldblum was casted, they, he suggested Gina Davis play... The role she's of, a kick-ass actress. I love everything she's been in. But uh, and no, she's not typically a horror <laughs> actress. But no, I I think the casting was very well done. Yeah, um, I'm a big Jeff Goldblum fan, and uh, he was definitely definitely perfect for this movie. And uh, Gina Davis, come on, you gotta love her from Beetlejuice. So it was it was really nice to see her in this, despite that they were really dating in real life, and that's how she got the position. I think, that I, I think it's well-deserved, though. Yeah, yeah, I think she would have been a great choice regardless. But um, can we talk about the uh, Jeff Goldblum's Mighty Mullet? Yeah, yeah. rocking hair. We made so many comments while watching this. Him and Gina Davis had the same fucking hair. Yeah, there was like a there was like a sex scene, and they're like going at it, and we're like, which one's Gina Davis? <laughs> I'm not sure. It gave it away when you saw like his hairy chest. It's like, okay, that's probably not Gina Davis. <laughs> We actually watched this movie with Erica, too, and I'm usually not someone to comment on somebody's appearance or anything along those lines, but Erica pointed something out about Jeff Goldblum, and after she pointed it out, I could not unsee it. Unsee it. His ears are fucking huge. Yeah, they are. Huge. Like, yeah, giant. And then, like, later on, his ear comes off, and it, even that just put think, even more emphasis I on it. I think celebrated a little bit when the ears <laughs> popped off. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I noticed too much. Dude, look up a There's, picture of Jeff Goldblum. He's got the biggest ears ever. Yeah, maybe we'll send you a picture because I think, I think that Hold you, on a sec. You need yeah, to Google enjoy it. the glory of Jeff Goldblum's ear. It's huge. It's got to be like five or six inches long. Uh, yeah, I thought Jeff Goldblum was pretty funny at times in this. He, he did have some good deliveries with his lines, but um, overall, like... Their chemistry was solid, and I guess now I could see since they were, um... They were actually together, it was probably... Exactly. Fake, huh? Um, exactly. Yeah, so after he turns, or begins turning, he... His personality is the first to turn, and he becomes very, like, energetic and very pushy towards Gina Davis's character. I keep saying Gina Davis. I don't remember her character's name in the movie. I'm terrible with names. So. I remember, like, her nickname because it's my cousin's wife's name, Ronnie. Vivian? Vivian. It was something with a V, I thought. You said Vivian and Steven said, like, Veronica. Veron- I was close. It was a V. <laughs> I was so close. I'm terrible with names. I have to Google characters' names because I'm, I'm a face person. Unless it's per- like a... I'm a face person. But, um... Face person, if yeah. you're not good looking, I won't remember you. Wow, you guys were not kidding about his ears. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. 
But um. No, they're scary. They're overwhelming. Yeah, he, but Seth's character becomes very pushy towards Veronica, and he's like, "You have to go through teleporter because I've never felt this good, and I want you to feel the same way." And she doesn't do it, so he goes, and this is where the most intense arm wrestling scene. Oh yeah. In the history of film. Happened. Hold on, more intense and over the top with uh, Sylvester Stallone? Dude, over the top. This arm wrestling scene made the movie for me. It was so good. Somebody actually commented that on the Instagram. Yeah. They're, like, they're like, without the arm wrestling scene, it gets an 8. With, it gets a 10 out of 10. It's a great movie. With the arm wrestling scene. Right on. He like literally snaps the guy's arm while doing the arm wrestling. It was Dude, crazy. That, I cringed so hard at that part too because I wasn't ready for it. And then it just snaps <laughs> and the bones stick, and I was like, no! I liked how the girl initially was like, what am I, a hooker? And then she was like, oh, you won, let's go. Yeah. Like, what? You were just offended, not even 10 minutes prior. <laughs> like, I, I kept making comments about that too. I was like, yo, this is how you get girls, you win arm wrestling competitions. <laughs> Better start working out, Dylan, because. Uh, you went winning no arm wrestling competitions. Wow. Wow. Jeez, you're savage. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the reason I'm bringing all this up is because after the girl goes back to his apartment, he's trying to convince her to go on the teleporter, and he says, come on, you can do it, don't be afraid. And Gina Davis's character, Veronica, I remembered, comes in, <laughs> and she says, no, be afraid, be very afraid, which has become such a famous line, and it's from this movie it originated from this movie so i didn't know that yeah i didn't either and, to, and i was I, I kept looking up stuff for the fly because I, I like to do a little bit of research before we record and i kept seeing that line and i'm like did that start from this movie and sure enough that's yeah. where it came from wow yeah so he starts transforming and um it I starts by tra- getting the this transition like, is probably the craziest thing throughout the movie is watching him go from like um, Seth to like where he he hits that energetic part where he's like freaking flipping through his loft apartment. But you you can see it though because he has this like he starts getting like rash these, like this yeah it looks like he's face. on drugs yeah and then like slowly like his it starts with like his fingernails popping off and that grosses me out and then like that stuff like that pussy nasty looking stuff like pot like squirts out of his fingernails when he touches them. And then, like, his ears and his face starts falling apart. It's just, like, disgusting. He's a little juicy looking. Like, he looked like... He was... <laughs> a little juicy looking. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you have to describe it. He looked a little juicy. No, it, it was Not great. Not in a good way. I think they did a great job of showing, like, his transformation because it does show... It doesn't just... Every time you see him, he's completely different looking it does show those little things it's like small like, transitions to mm-hmm. oh my gosh the first scene where he like picks up i think it was a donut and he's holding a donut and then he like regurgitates oh the, yeah all over it and he like looks up at gina davis and he's like uh uh-huh, that was disgusting yeah and it's like, <laughs> that was so awkward <laughs> but it was disgusting like and it's like you could see like he was embarrassed but like he was trying to Seems like he was trying to play it off a little bit, but he was embarrassed that it happened and it was gross and it. Ugh. Ugh. He, yeah, he goes. To, you definitely see a personality change because, like I said, like he's very like douchey towards everybody, especially Veronica. And then he, once he realizes what's going on, he becomes very like 
mm. upset, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like, nice again. Yeah, he's very nice, and he's, like, he explains everything to Veronica what happened. And then he gets this, like, I don't give a shit attitude, and he becomes almost, like, excited to document everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. And... I just thought it was... He's, like, proud to be the brindle fly. Yeah, and I thought it was cool how they not only transitioned how he looked, but how his personality mm-hmm. was changing yeah, at the there same was, time. There was much, it was much bigger than just... The, which, the makeup in this movie may honestly be one of my favorite makeups. Like, the best makeup I've seen in horror. I don't think this movie would have the following it does or be as good as I viewed it if it didn't have as good of special effects as yeah. it had. But I think that in hand in hand, the transition in his personality and his transition physically were were equally as important as, as you know they they were equally important. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think that the special effects were more important than the the personality transition or anything. I just think it went hand in hand, and, and they did such a good job with writing. Um, and and Jeff Goldblum kicked ass playing this. This these different transitions of his character and different versions of his character. And let me tell you, he was disgusting looking. But man, when he found out she was pregnant and he's like, don't kill the last human part of me. I was like, oh my God, how could you do this to this poor man? Well, it's parts like that too that I can see why they cut the baboon cat scene because it... He was a nice guy initially. Yeah. Like he wasn't a monster and his intent was not bad. He wasn't trying to like make a monster. He wasn't like... Uh, Herbert West, he's a... This is really interesting, too, to be able to compare these films, too, because total, very similar uh, thing, you know, they come up with this idea in science that'll take humanity this really, a a huge step forward. Totally different people. Mm -hmm. Herbert West just wanted to, to do the experiment, didn't care about the outcome, where Seth did... He did care about who he was with, and, and he was a personable person. He was very nice, very sweet, um, and he cared more so past that until he went through and mutated himself. Yeah. And I, that's where it really turned, but even through that, there was moments where it came back, and he's like, I've got to fix myself. Like, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't want to die, and then there was parts where he's like, no, like, I need you to go through so that I can become human again, and we can live together in one body, and like trying to force what he wanted on people. But, you know, at at the end of the day, I think that was a mutation because he wasn't like that initially. Yeah, and I like like that last bit of humanity it shows when he crawls out of the machine and he grabs the shotgun that Gina Davis has and puts it to his head. That was a very powerful scene. Absolutely. I just just think it was very... um, It was so gross, and it's like... I'd... It was so sweet that even at the end, she was like, I can't kill you. Like, I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. You know, like, she truly did love him, but it was like, I don't know, Dylan, if you looked like that, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like, looks are not important to me at all. But, oh my God. (laughs) That's taking it to a new level. Yeah, that's taking it way past, like, way past what I can do. Because if you're you're regurgitating onto food, um... (laughs) Yeah, um... Gross is the perfect uh, word to describe this movie, and that's what pops in my mind first, and that's what drew me in. Even as a kid, I was like, "This fucking movie is nasty." It is. <laughs> and going back and way because it's been at least at least eight years, I'd say, since I've seen this movie. So 
same time, I was like, this fucking movie is nasty. <laughs> Holy shit. But special effects are absolutely amazing. Like, they... Whoever did them, like, deserves an award, like the dude from American Werewolf in London. Because they were, they were solid. And it wasn't the only thing that made the movie, though, because, like, Jeff Goldblum's character goes through so many, like, developments and changes, and it's just crazy, and the transitions, the way he goes through them. And uh, like you said, Dylan, with, uh, like, transitioning as he's, the more he's changing, like, the more his character changes on the inside, too. Mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy and uh yeah that shotgun scene was so powerful and i was really expecting um you know one of them to like blow him up with a shotgun straight for a headshot but i gotta say the uh the regurgitating and into like the burning of uh what's his name's oh yeah like wow that was see like this movie it didn't have a body count but it, there wasn't a lot of killing but it didn't need it no. There was so much more going on. And, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a sucker for, like, solid kills and a body count. Like, I'm, I'm always like, oh, what creative way are they going to die this time in horror films? But this movie did not need it whatsoever. No, I think that they were so creative with what with everything that was going on in the movie that it just... It wasn't even something that you thought about. I don't think... There was not... There wasn't a body count at all. That nobody died except... Jeff Goldblum's character. And the baboon. Rest in and peace. The, and the baboon. Yes. <laughs> but like like you said, it, it wasn't necessary because you were just so interested in what was going on. And and, and the, the amount of special effects that they had in the movie with just his transition was more than enough gunk and gore. Like, you know, it just wasn't necessary. And, and it, you know, this movie I would even consider to be grosser than most movies that are nothing but blood and guts. Yeah, I think This movie, because it was the content in which it was used, which Mm -hmm. really made it disgusting, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I could only imagine you guys or anybody listening watching this as a kid, because I watched this as an adult, and it stuck with me. So... (laughs) This movie single-handedly ruined my childhood. This was the movie... (laughs) I was, like... I was really little. I was probably, like... I don't know, seven, eight, nine in that range. And uh, my mom, I never had a haircut until I was 15, so my hair was real long. And uh, I was watching this movie, and I was, like, destroyed by the look of the fly. You know, like, destroyed, like, so creeped out and disgusted and terrified. And my dad thought it would be funny to tell me that the reason my mom doesn't let me cut my hair is because there's a zipper on the back of my neck. And I'm actually an alien, and I look a lot like Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) Oh, my God. I literally would not touch the back of my neck for like four years after that. <laughs> no, so. it was great. And I think I think my favorite scene as far as special effects is that final scene where Gina Davis is like kind of having a struggle with um, Seth or Seth and uh, she like knocks into him, I think, and like his jaw falls mm-hmm. off and it starts twitching on the floor and then that's when like his whole skin starts shedding and it it was so well done. For some reason, it made me think back to um, the scene in Poltergeist where the guy's, like, pulling his face off in the mirror. And that scene, at, like, when I was younger, it just really fucked with me. So, like I said, I can only imagine how this would go with, like, a kid watching it. I definitely can't wait to scar my future children with the fly. Well, introduce right them to them when they're around four. Right on. <laughs> Be golden. <laughs> 
Now, this is another movie uh, I obviously haven't because, like I said, this was a first-time watch for me, but the sequel I've heard mixed things about, but I've never actually watched it. I looked up a plot outline of it because when this movie ended, I was like, does she keep the baby? She was, like, set against this. She was like, nope, aborting this thing. I don't want it in me. I don't want anything to do with it. So I was like, I'm looking up the sequel because it's got to touch on the infant, and it does. The sequel opens up to... Please don't go into deep detail. I'm not going into deep deep detail. Um, Veronica's character is in labor, and she gives birth to, like, a maggot sack thing of some sort, and she literally dies on the spot from shock. Like, she sees it, and she dies. And then, I guess... That's a bummer. Yeah, I guess the sack opens up, and it looks like a normal baby inside. And then it's, like, the science... The company that was giving Jeff Goldblum all the parts to make the... But did uh, they give him the baboon? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they end up taking in his son and raising him in like a like a sterile, science place of some sort is what I'm gathering from the plot outline. And it just... I don't know what... If he's... He's clearly part fly. He ages like way fast. Like when he was three, he was... By the time he was three, he looked like he was 10. And then by the time he was five, he looked like he was 25. So he ages, like, ultra fast, apparently. Which I think makes sense because the lifespan of a fly is, like, three days. Yeah. So that's probably why. But I didn't look too much further into it, but I needed to find out if she kept the baby. So (laughs) she did. It's like a shitty soap opera. Like, (laughs) I need to tune in and see what happens. I don't know if I'll ever watch the... I'm not sure if, if I'm that dedicated to the sequel, but... Um, no, this is a movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't want to ruin it with anything. I, yeah, I think I... Because I've heard such mixed things about it where Reanimator, I said I'd like to go and watch the sequels. Um, I've heard great things about the sequels. But The Fly, I've heard mixed things. I wouldn't want to ruin it too much. And I enjoyed The Fly almost equal parts as Reanimator, but... For different reasons. I don't think I'd be interested in seeing it further. I think... While Reanimator, I'd be interested in see how else the story like goes on. The Fly, I really think it was great as a standalone thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would care to see much more about it. And honestly, for this movie, you could take out the whole subplot of Veronica being pregnant. And while it does lead to Seth's character showing that human side to him again to where he's like, please keep the baby. Like Other than that aspect of it... You could cut that, and I really it wouldn't really make a difference to me because, like I said, this movie for the special effects alone is what really made the watch enjoyable for me. Yeah, that is his mullet and those gymnastic scenes. That any movie with the mullet, you got me. Yeah, no, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's mullet definitely added some cool points to this movie, and that, like I said, that arm wrestling scene, all the That's, suspense, yeah. that suspense, I would say equal parts watching The Strangers for me. This movie, hands down, from our um, followers, has gotten the highest rating. That Of all the ones that we've had other people rate, this movie has gotten almost perfect ratings. Good shit. Yeah, which is crazy, right? It, it, I think you got all nines and tens wow. from our Instagram followers, yeah. Which there's I was a lot really going excited on, about. and there's, like, there's a lot you can like about this movie. Well, see, I didn't think... Because, right, this is a movie I wanted to do pretty bad, so... Mm. 
I didn't think, I thought it was like a movie that I liked, but like nobody else really liked, because it's not something, like I don't see people post about it a lot. Yeah, I really don't And either. like not a lot of people talk about it, so I, I thought that maybe it was something that I thought was really great when I was a kid. I was like, it's probably not as good as I remember, and I kept telling the little I was like, don't get your hopes up, because like, you have to remember, I haven't seen this since I was little. I remembered it pretty vividly for like not seeing it in like 10 plus years, but yeah, so I warned him, I'm like, it might not be as good as I'm saying it is, like, I don't remember, and then we rewatched it, and I was like, oh no, it is really good, and like, everybody liked it, so I was pretty excited. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was good, and I was interested in uh, watching it anyway, especially for an episode, and I've been dying to cover Reanimator, so it's kind of like... We had the idea to do both movies, and I was instantly like, we should do these together because they have, they have a similar plots. theme to them. And I'm glad we did because you do have those comparing and contrasting points to where they both had great special effects, but where character characterization in both movies is extremely important. And you have a totally different kind of character in both movies with a similar drive to them. So yeah. I thought that it was good in that aspect for it. So I'm glad that we covered these movies together. I think uh, these two movies are a good representation of like sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. this is sci-fi horror done well in both aspects. Exactly. Like, one's Sometimes more sci-fi is aspect. like a little touch and go. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's ha- it had its quick pops in like the 50s, but like were any of them super solid? Nah, they were like your typical kind of like drive-in kind of mm-hmm. movies that would yeah. play double features late at night but uh these two yeah solid representation uh one you know was more gorier than the other was the other it was gore in a different way actually more nasty than anything mm-hmm. yeah you know? but, but i, I um, do eventually want to cover i do eventually want to cover like 50 sci-fi movies oh, yeah. oh hell yeah um, I, I think yeah. it's different too because it's sci-fi in a different sense. I mean, The Fly was a remake of a '50s sci-fi movie, but mm-hmm. I feel like because of the whole like space race with the Cold War and everything, the sci-fi movies for the '50s were generally aimed toward like alien films, like aliens coming from a different world, us going to different planets, that type of thing. Where you have oh, yeah. like uh, this island Earth and all those like alien sci-fi movies so it's a different kind of sci-fi movie than what you would expect when you hear sci-fi because when i hear sci-fi i instantly jump to like alien futuristic that kind of thing i hate futuristic shit it freaks <laughs> me out so bad yeah when well, we do do this sci-fi way. horror episode we have to cover the blob okay absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah right on ratings ratings, ratings. all right so um special effects mullet arm wrestling scene, I am going to give this movie a... I think I give it like a 7.7. This one got lower than Reanimator? I fucking love Reanimator. This got really? lower than Reanimator. I like again. this better than Reanimator, I think. Well, let okay. me hear that rating. Oh, is it my turn already? Yeah. Okay. Um, this movie, I thought the development of the characters was excellent. Excellent, excellent. Makeup, of course, outstanding. The acting was phenomenal. Like there, There's really very little that I can pick apart in this movie. I just very, very much enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to give it a slightly higher rating than Reanimator, and I'm going to come in with a 7.7. All right. I am going to give this uh, rating uh, 7.8 only because I definitely am a bigger fan for Reanimator, and I also want to see where the rest of the series goes mm-hmm. as far as sequels go, whereas like the sequel to The Fly 2, or The Fly, I mean, I, I don't really care to like watch it that much. <laughs> 
But there are a lot of aspects you can uh, pick out of this movie and like. And this movie is just so nasty. And you know what? That comes with horror. You're going to have those nasty moments. And like this film definitely delivers. And the special effects are just completely on point. So yeah, a 7.8 for me. Alright, so that gives us an average rating of 7.3, and the Instagram followers that we have that answered, or gave their ratings, we got a 9.3 from them. Alright, our listeners really seem to love this one. Yeah, I was surprised with how much feedback we got. I knew it was going to be high too, because like I said before, I saw them and they were like 10s and 9s, 10s and 9s. There was one thing below 9 and it was an 8.5. Thank you everybody who gave a rating. Um, As always, we love hearing from you guys and uh, like I've said in past episodes, like we give our ratings every week. If you're listening to this, uh, you're somewhat interested in what we have to say about the movies so at the same time, we're just as interested in hearing what you guys have to say. So I like the funny comments. Yeah. <laughs> if you if your comment can make us laugh, we love you even more. The comment about the arm wrestling with the getting the two two points was my favorite this week. Yeah, Who that was clever. That one? Who said that one? All right, so it was actually the Creature Features podcast. Uh, really great podcast. One of my favorites to listen to. So, um, really nice guy. Yeah, really nice guy, Chunky Larry. Um, he's covered some great movies, so go give him a listen because one of the best I've heard, one of my favorites to listen to. So thanks, man. That's gonna wrap it up for our science gone wrong episode. Tune in next week. We're gonna be covering three films involving zombies that aren't so not typical zombie movies. Um, yeah, we're not your covering, average zombie movie. <laughs> not your average zombie movie. There we go. Uh, we're gonna be covering Dead Alive, Cemetery Man, and. Children shouldn't play with dead things. Which I'm, which super I'm about. so excited for. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. So we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening and giving all your feedback. We do appreciate it. Um, if you want to join in on the conversation, uh, join us on Instagram at Horror Haven Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast. Uh, you can find our schedule and upcoming episodes and our past ratings and all kinds of other fun stuff at. HorrorHavenMedia.com. Check it out. Now you can say goodnight. Goodnight. <laughs>